0: you're listening to transform your profits the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable successful and impactful accounting firm your host is reza huda a practice owner mentor and
1: coach to accounting firm owners Shanita. Shanita's going to share with us the story about how she has grown her accounting firm. But before you do that, Shanita, give me a short or give the viewers a short intro about yourself, a little bit about your backstory, about how you got started with your accounting firm. And we'll take it from there.
0: Okay. Um, Again, thank you so much for having me. Thank you everyone for tuning in. So I am a recovering corporate accountant. I started my career in corporate America, like many of you, and I wanted to be able to climb the ranks, but it wasn't happening for one reason or another the way that I envisioned it. I wanted to have a, to make a difference. I wanted to make impact, and I just wasn't feeling it in my corporate job. Meanwhile, on the side, I had been growing a tax business, and I learned that my clients needed a lot more help throughout the year and not just that tax time. So as my clients, as their needs grew, my offerings grew to be able to support them. Before you knew it, I got to a place where my job was competing for my business and I had to make a choice. And I chose to bet on me. And a few years later, I'm the one or two seven-figure awards for growth of my accounting firm.
1: Amazing, amazing, fantastic. I'm sure that's a very common story. It certainly is from accountants that I work with in terms of you know, the um, getting a bit fed up with the with the corporate world and thinking that, uh, you know, we can do it better. We don't want to be controlled by others. And we want that time and financial freedom to uh, kind of do as we please and build a business that gives us that, uh, that time and financial freedom that we all crave. So fantastic. So yeah, I came across you, Shanita, when uh, I saw your name pop up in uh, one of the kind of the, in the click funnels world so you know for because being kind of a, a marketing geek that I am I'm very much in there I'm very familiar with kind of click funnels and people like Russell Brunson etc and when I saw that and I've seen many stories of people that have joined the two comma club but when I saw that it was an accountant it made me perk up and take notice. so fantastic an accountant has actually been down that journey and has got a two comma club award so for those of you who may not be as familiar with the likes of click funnels etc two comma club is uh, it's an award that's given to people who have generated a million dollars worth of business using funnels two column- commas referring to the two commas in the million pounds uh and i was i was i was kind of really pleased to hear that shanita has done that so shanita that's what everyone's come on to listen to today how did you get that two comma club award talk us through your journey
0: okay So when I tried growing my accounting firm, like many of you, I read books, I read blogs, I read articles, and I just couldn't figure out how to grow a firm. So I stumbled across a program um, by my mentor, my brother, my friend, former business partner, Ben Brown, and I took his program and I did what he said, and I was able to implement those strategies, and they worked extremely well but I felt myself at a place where I was stuck and I just couldn't get over third world problems. I couldn't get over about 600K, 600,000 US dollars. So then I started playing with the funnels and I stopped thinking about things as an accountant and started thinking about things as a marketer. And I started following Russell Brunson and all of his things. And I would say the main thing that contributed to my success was choosing the niche and sticking with it. And just focusing on becoming the best at one particular thing for one particular group of people. And then the rest was history
1: awesome awesome fantastic and um that's music to my ears because i'm preaching all the time about getting clear on who you serve because when you get clear on who you serve and get really laser focused and dialed in on who it is that you want to go after then that's when the magic happens that's kind of your strategy once you know who you want to go after and the what where and how to find them becomes so much easier so you are at a point at kind of 600k and then you started to use Funnels. So, for many people, they're probably not that familiar with what a funnel is. So, talk us through kind of practically how you used funnels to be able to get in front or get inquiries generated from your niche. And, and obviously, you know, to tell us what that niche was that you decided to specialize into.
0: Okay. So, I am the childcare CPA, and our firm focuses on providing proactive accounting and tech strategies for childcare business owners. We also have a child care accounting and business academy where we educate, equip, and empower them with the tools they need to run successful businesses. So once I got clear on what I was going to do and who I was going to do it for, I needed a way to capture these leads. ClickFunnels gave me the ability to capture these leads. So I had very specific messaging and then people were drawn to my messaging. So I'm not harassing people in their DMs. Instead, people are harassing me in my DMs. So ClickFunnels enables you to do attraction marketing. So then once they come into my funnel, I give them something of value in exchange for their email addresses and now text text numbers so that I can text message them or call them if I like to. And then I continue to nurture them with an email sequence. So if they don't book a call when they come through the funnel they still have an opportunity to begin to build that no like trust factor with me. So when I decided to take it up a notch, I actually started my own program. It's called the profitable webinar for accountants. So to light some fire under that fuel that we already have going, what I decided to do was instead of just giving them an ebook, now I actually invite them to a party. So I use my funnel to invite them to a party. We have a really good time. We add a lot of value. And then those, that are good candidates that are ideal clients they get invited to meet with me one-on-one and discuss the opportunities of how we can work together
1: awesome Fantastic. So let's dissect this a little because uh, I guess for, you know, accountants who have never come across a funnel before, this is kind of blowing their mind. And if you've got any questions, don't be shy. Put them in the chat box right now in the comment section. And I will make sure that I uh, ask Shanita the questions so you get maximum value out of being here today. So don't be shy if you've got a question in your mind right now, because I know for a fact that if you're listening to this, then you're probably Uh, looking for ways of how to generate those inquiries on autopilot how to win new business well now's your chance to to ask somebody who's been there and done it who's generated a million dollars in 18 months so use this time wisely put your question in the comment section and I will ask Shanita so for those of you that are familiar I mean a phone basically is you know it's it's pretty much just a, a website. It's a website that you drive traffic towards and it's very compelling, then obviously the copy that you put on that website has to be compelling enough so someone to take the next action. When they take an action, then you could throw them up something else. But before we even do that, we need to get traffic to the funnel, right? When you get traffic to that page. So Shanita, I'm gonna ask you this question that I'm sure everyone else is thinking in their minds as well. How do you drive that traffic in the first place? So you've got the niche, great stuff we've got them if you've identified you're going to be the childcare CPA now what did you do next how did you go about creating the content to be able to then drive or to attract uh, uh you know interest from your target audience talk to us about that
0: so the first thing i had to do was i read And it said I had to get copy. So I said, what on earth is copy? And so then I began to study copy to understand what it is. And I actually came up with a framework for what copy is. And copy is not this big, mysterious thing. It is just the clear, outgoing positioning of your message or offer. So I still didn't know what my message or offer should be. So I began to do research, talk to the clients that I did have, the friends that I had. So I started out, my first funnel sale was organic, meaning I didn't pay money for it. I was connected to people on Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm not on LinkedIn very much anymore, but my first clients that I still have today came from LinkedIn. So I began to post things and ask people, does this interest you? I added value to them. Would you like my freebie? People say, yes, I gave them the link to my funnel. And then they begin to go through the process. It's why I process everybody comes in at the top and then begin to sift them down. And then the ones that are going to remain are the ones that are going to pop out at the bottom. And then after I did that, I perfected that. I began using paid traffic. So I started using Facebook ads. It was the best thing that I ever done. <laughs> but this wasn't the first time that i had done it i had done it before and threw away a lot of money so i got a lot of training on facebook ads. once i got good at facebook ads i even have a facebook ads coach to this very day even though i run ads for the accountants in my program i even got i got a coach on that so now i have people coming to me organically i have people coming to me with paid traffic and one thing that i do want to tell anybody that's listening and watching. Thinking of using paid traffic or using paid traffic is that do not rely too heavily on either paid or organic. They both need to work together.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice there. So I think, you know, let's go, uh, let's delve deeper into some of the specifics. So clearly you need something of value to give to your target audience, to perk up, their interest so you've kind of you have they've they've come across you they've seen your copy that's the top of the funnel right they're seeing your either your organic posts go out or your you know your paid ads go out offering the particular freebie how did you come up with the content for that particular freebie for your audience and you know how long was it presumably it was an ebook how did you come up with the content for that particular freebie that you were then able to offer to those in your target market so I actually came up with the content
0: for the people, by the people. I asked them, I researched, I read, I attended their events, their conferences. I even hired a daycare coach that helped other daycare business owners to grow their business. And I asked her to coach me so that I could get more in depth and learn what makes a successful childcare business. And how my role as a financial professional could help them. So I basically co- com- became completely immersed in their culture and in their world with no expectation that I would get to the level that I got into today. I just wanted to serve people at the highest level that I could. So I went and found the best people that I, that I knew of at the time to help me. And that's where I got my messaging from.
1: Awesome. And what was your lead magnet called?
0: My first lead magnet, my million-dollar funnel lead magnet, was called The Seven Biggest Mistakes Childcare Owners Make and Solutions to Fix Them. So that lead magnet was an ebook. And the funny thing about it, despite that being um the million-dollar funnel lead magnet, not most of the people that downloaded it didn't even read it they just wanted it because it seemed valuable to them so a lot of people stress to say oh my god i can't write a book and they're so worried about it relax most of people aren't going to read it anyway the money is in the mailbox that's what i tell my students the money is in the mailbox the fortune is in the follow-up so your first lead magnet is probably going to be crap anyway because you're still learning and you don't know the language and the the needs the real needs of our people as accountants we want to sell to people what they need, but we don't understand that we can still give them what they need, but let them have what they want up front. So that's what I've learned to do. But the problem with the ebook lead magnet, although it was great, I thank God for the ebook lead magnet. The problem with that is it takes a much longer time for people to begin to really feel like they know, like, trust you, to move from the emails and onto a phone call. So then I said, well, how can I shorten this time? And then that's when I came up with the profitable webinar for accountants. So now they can interact with me, they can engage with me, they can ask questions in real time. So that free training that I put on for them, that's a lead magnet. But it's a real life lock like you in a room with me lead magnet, and they love it.
1: <laughs> Amazing, yeah. And it's it, it, you know it's so true when you when you get clear on the who, everything just becomes so much clearer. But most people are reluctant to do that because they think they're going to close the door on other business. But actually, that's not true. As you can see, pretty much every guest that I speak to that has gone down the niche route has been uber successful, uber profitable, got accelerated growth much faster than a generalist because... As I've said time and time again, when you try and appeal to everyone, you actually appeal to no one. So as Jenny did, she what she should do, she went narrow and she went deep. She immersed herself into that childcare sector, got to know their pain points, their challenges, their frustrations, their hopes, their dreams, their desires, so that she could then create content, which allowed her to enter the conversation going on in their heads and that's how she then became that kind of expert that people you know were drawn to that were attracted to because people want to work with experts and you know like you you know the the ebook that you came up with you know i have a similar one called seven big mistakes content creators make and how to avoid them people you know are people there's only two motivations that we have as human beings avoid pain and go towards pleasure And we're more likely to do stuff which uh, helps us to avoid pain. So anything that you can do to prevent other people from making mistakes is going to draw them towards you. So this stuff works. It's not something that's rocket science. It's not something new that we are saying. This stuff, you know, if you study marketing, this is what you hear from all the marketers that you focus on the pain and you put yourself out there as someone who has the solution to somebody's problem. Lead with a problem, you get someone's interest and take them towards your solution. So I love that you uh, you did that and you got to, but I'm amazed, how on earth did you get that much uh, traffic to generate, you know, a million dollars in such a short space of time? You know, what did you kind of, what was the, what was the uh, kind of the turbo charge that you put onto your Facebook ads that drove that amount of traffic to you?
0: Honestly, the, the money was in the messaging, number one. And then when we talk about getting traffic, we had three ways of getting traffic. We can build it, buy it, or borrow it. I did all three. I already had a pretty engaged Facebook group for these individuals. So then once I started creating content for my pay campaign, I came in and I shared it with my organic group that was already sitting there. Another thing I did was I showed up whether I wanted to or whether I did it. Whether there was one person watching or 100 people watching, I still showed up and performed like I was performing for the queen of childcare. <laughs> so a lot, and and because once you put it on Facebook, it's there. I got kind of good with learning how to label things and title things, so I come up in a lot of SEO searches when people look for different things. And then I gave, I gave freely to other communities that were supporting child cares, So I found people that had goals in alignment with mine, and then other people began to find me. So now I would come add value to their communities with no expectation in return. And I never even sold anything to the other communities. I just gave their people an opportunity to get my information with a, you know, get on my email list. And then once they got on my email list, it wasn't long before a great deal of them actually
1: became clients that's such a such a powerful message to to show up even though nobody's listening because it will compound over time and you'll get better by by just doing it over and over and over again at the beginning it's more about quantity than quality you just gotta do the reps just show up keep doing it and you'll learn from that and you'll get better at it and you know I, i i'd never done a video before about yeah, two years two and a half years ago i'd never done a video before but i turned out i started to do one and then i did another one and another one and over time then you get better you see what works and you do more of that and then you start to hone in on you know doing uh, you know getting better at your craft and, and the rest of it and that's how you know you get results and get better at what you do so you um you mentioned that uh your, so, what, what would you say your average fees were? and What kind of work were you doing for these clients?
0: Oh my goodness. When I first started, listen, <laughs> when I first started, I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil. When I first started, the month before, I had a loss in my business of $700. After I turned on my funnel, I made 55K gross the next month. And my fees were very simple. It was like $400, $800, $1,200 a month. So in the beginning, I made all my money off of volume and not exactly quantity. That was not um, the best thing to do. I'm not encouraging anyone to do it. But what I did was I found a way to productize accounting services. So So the combination of having a niche and a productization of accounting services made it super easy for me to sell. And it also made it super easy for my buyers to understand and become more solution aware. They knew that there was a solution, but they didn't know how it worked. And I made all of that initial money doing compliance services. So a lot of people are out here telling you that you're less than or you're not good enough because you're not offering these super complicated CFO level services to some clients that probably don't even have the budget to afford it. Well, I'm here to tell you that I did not do a whole lot of high-level stuff to make that money, but as the business began to grow and as I began to be able to help my clients grow, then I was able to grow the offerings that I had for them. But because this was new for a lot of them, they didn't understand the value of why they needed these higher level things. So it was an opportunity for them to grow and also me to grow as a public accountant with them because my background had been exclusively in corporate accounting in corporate America and not in public accounting.
1: Fantastic, I love that. And I totally agree with you. Compliance is far from dead. There is a lot of money in compliance. It's the foundation and the bedrock of everything we do. There's no advisory without compliance. So I absolutely love that you kind of productized it. And like you say, you provided that solution to clients. You know, they don't they want certainty. They want to be able to choose what they buy and they want certainty what they pay. All this billable hour nonsense is, is a relic of the past. We need to move away from that, ditch the timesheet, ditch the billable hour and give, you know, fixed pricing, give options to your clients when it comes to allowing them to choose what they buy and a solution. Of to their problem so so moving on from that so you're getting all this business in and you were on your own initially how did you you know where did you go about kind of hiring staff and team members to be able to service all this volume that you're generating because clearly it's, it can't have been just you doing all the work right
0: okay so at first it was just me doing all of the work and then I stumbled across Mark Wickersham, Ron Baker, and Hector Garcia, and I say yes, they're here to save my life, and I started learning more about value pricing. But I still don't exactly do value pricing. I move more towards a combination of value pricing and fixed fee. So the first struggle that that presented itself to me was, I'm looking for workers to work for me, and these workers are expecting an hourly wage but I'm just charging this little productized fee. So how can I be able to make it make sense? So my initial hires were actually friends that I met studying for the CPA exam. They helped me out and they worked on a contract basis for a percentage of revenue. After that didn't work out so well in all the cases, I started hiring my first W-2 employees. And now today we're a firm of seven uh, employees five of us are full-time and the only reason the other two are not is because it doesn't fit their lifestyle.
1: Awesome. Amazing. So what is your, what is your turnover at the moment? So I'm just trying to work out kind of fees per, per team um, member.
0: Turnover on clients or a turnover on employees?
1: On, on clients so overall. Oh, well
0: we do, we do a lot of stuff now. So we have the academy. So my employees, some of them double as both bookkeepers, tax preparers, and instructors in our academy. So the academy tuition is $15,000 a year for the childcare business owners. So I could take a person that gets paid hourly and I can have them go into the classroom. So it works out really well for us and for the clients because they get the same knowledge, the same experts that would have been doing their accounting for them, teaching them, so it's not just me. and then as far as the employees we do look at how much revenue are we earning per employees but we also look at how much the employees can take time off of my plate by doing other tasks like can you meet with clients can you conduct a training in our academy can you do cleanup work so we do a lot of cleanup work as well um we like cleanup work (laughs) (laughs) we like that a lot um we also do tax planning and tax preparation so it really depends on when, you, when you're when using funnels and when you're running profitable webinars like we run, you really decide how much money you want to make and when you want to make the money. So when we want to relax, we turn it down, but it never stops because it's it's just predictable and it's just a constant flow. Once they're in that funnel, unless they opt out, they're in that funnel. And then when we want more money, we turn it up.
1: Amazing. So on average, how much are you spending on Facebook ads and how does that kind of correlate to on a monthly basis ad spend versus, you know, a return on investment on that ad spend?
0: So we're all, it all depends on the strategy, what I'm doing right now. I'm not running any Facebook ads, Ooh, ah, not for myself, because we we're just coming off of like a three month promotion period. Like at one point I had grown our email list by 2000 people in a single month. We had maybe two trainings that month and we grew by a 1,000 people, closed some cleanup work. I want to say it was probably in the area of like 40 or 50,000 in upfront fees and then recurring revenue. So we put these things on occasionally. In terms of Facebook ad spend, I'll spend anywhere from $30 a day. And the most I've ever spent was maybe $250 a day. But that's not typical. One of my students now she actually is beating the pants off me. <laughs> she is spending about two dollars and five cents per lead for her for her funnel. So her list is growing really rapidly and then we've also found out ways to sell things within the funnel. Um, small things, but we figured out ways to sell things within the funnel so that that funnel can eventually become self-liquidating or profitable in and of itself. So once it becomes profitable, you're getting paid to get clients to pay you so i spent a lot
1: of time geeking out on this stuff yeah absolutely love it love that stuff (laughs) fantastic so so in the in the early days would you say for somebody who is looking to kind of you know to to go down a similar path as you What um, what would you what would you tell them in terms of how much time they should allow from the moment they start spending on Facebook ads to actually generating a return on investment from it?
0: Well, that's going to really vary. But um, on average. So I'll I'll give you my recent statistics. So we turned the ad campaign on Monday, last Monday, and um, my student actually got three calls booked already. That is not typical. I've seen other people that it's taken them a couple of weeks. So it depends on your ad budget. It all comes down to your messaging, your graphics. If you don't know what you are doing, I strongly encourage accountants to learn how to do it, do it yourself or within your team. And then once you understand the services that you need, then go hire professionals because we get frustrated at the professionals. But if you're hiring a professional that does this type, well, first of all, a lot of people aren't doing agency model work anymore. So it's going to be hard to get a good one because the good ones have discovered that it's very (laughs) time-consuming. But if you can find someone to do this for you, you find yourself having the challenge of reaching your people, meeting your people, and also educating, having this person that's trying to help you get into your mind as well as your people's minds. And I just have not had a great deal Of good experiences with having other people do things for me so i built my own agency within my accounting firm and i actually teach my students how to do that as well but i require not request i require that they do the things themselves the first time so that you will know how to find a professional to do the things for you that you need.
1: Mm, awesome amazing stuff so if we to if we were to break down your funnel it would it be typically kind of ad or organic post leading straight to book a call or download the lead magnet first so no you mentioned some people are doing straight you know kind of uh top you know get those three percent of buyers are ready to buy right now so
0: i call those types of aids direct to calendar aids and the problem with going straight to the calendar is, number one, who are you? These people don't know you. You may be well-known in the group of people that you know, but in the worldwide web, you may not be that very well-known. So why would people want to get on your calendar? Number two, running things directly to your calendar, the improper way there is a proper way to do it but most people don't do it this way, random directly to your calendar in an improper way. That also makes you look kind of desperate. Like I'm this professional and I'm telling you I'm great. And I'm all knowing of my industry yet. I have time to sit on the phone with whomever is willing to click a link and get on my calendar. So I believe direct to calendar links, diminish your value. Um, and I also believe that direct calendar links don't, always fully give the person booking the call an opportunity to qualify or disqualify themselves. So I don't run direct to calendar links very much, but when I do, I do it very specific and very targeted only to people that I know are familiar with my brand. And maybe they told me no before, but I know that no just means not right now. So maybe I'm gonna come back.
1: Awesome, love that. Fantastic. We could geek out on this all day, but we're out of time, unfortunately. So I'd like to say, you know, Shanita, what what would you say, given the old changes, just kind of as a final comment, obviously there's been changes in iOS and Facebook ads aren't as kind of lucrative and, uh, you know, not, not generating as good an ROI as they used to. Would you say that there is still mileage in using them? Or are you now looking at other ways, other tactics to generate inquiries in in addition to uh, Facebook ads? I'm using other ways as well, but I'm not going to stop Facebook ads.
0: These iOS changes and everything, what that does is it separates the marketers from the followers. It causes us to be innovative, creative constantly learning, and most of all, really understanding our people and what they need. So if you think that you can set up one message and let it run forever and ever, not do anything differently, you will probably fall behind and believe you succumb to the iOS updates or the algorithms. But I'm here to tell you that if you you stay on top of things and you stay abreast in advance, Facebook ads are here to stay. I'm seeing the lowest cost I'm getting a dollar ninety-eight per lead on some. I usually get five dollars. Facebook ads are here to stay. Um, you just gotta stay up to date with them.
1: Absolutely fantastic! No, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Shanita, for sharing your story with us today and sharing all the tactics that you are using to generate leads and inquiries on autopilot. Uh, absolutely fantastic, and uh, loved hearing it from you. And I'm sure the audience has got value. So thank you, Shanita, for uh, gracing us with your presence today.
0: Thank you so much for having
1: me. Very welcome. And hopefully, uh, if you've been watching, then uh, let us know what uh, your biggest takeaway was in the comments below. If you're watching this on a replay and you have a question, put it in the comments below. And if uh, either of us pick it up, then hopefully we'll get round to answering. But otherwise, I hope you got value. If you haven't already, then check out the podcast for previous Accountants Live episodes that I've done. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Have a great week and I'll speak to you soon. I hope you got value from that episode. And if you want to spend more time together, where we go deeper on topics like pricing, marketing, sales, building a team and processes so you can build a firm that is less reliant on you, then come and join the TYP Mentoring Community. It's my membership program where I deliver practical mentoring sessions from my personal experience of building my practice and share resources that I have created and use in my firm so you don't have to reinvent the wheel and waste time and money making mistakes like I did. There's an amazing community of 100-plus accountants that you get to meet every week, share challenges, best practices, and use the power of the group to shortcut your learnings. Go to www.resahoodle.com forward slash mentoring to find out more.
0: Thank you for listening.